Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, well, it's Thanksgiving today, so first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving if you're listening to the show um, on the holiday. Um, if not, I hope you had a uh, great Thanksgiving. Um, today, what our game plan is, is we're going to start off here with a, a Thursday question. Uh, we'll make it Thanksgiving-related. Uh, per uh, the ho- I think it's kind of a requirement to talk about Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Uh, then we'll get into our breakdown of the Vikings' impending Monday night matchup with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we'll go through position by position like we typically do, uh, and then we'll eventually we'll come to a winner, uh, give you our pick for the game, uh, as well as our picks for the rest of the league, and finish up with the gambling lock of the week. So that is the game plan. Uh, let's get it started here with the Thursday question. Uh, and we're gonna, like I said, it's going to be Thanksgiving-related, so... Keeping it very simple, straightforward, first and foremost, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? And second of all, what what does your Thanksgiving dish look like? Yeah, uh, mashed potatoes are the number one Thanksgiving food. I think that should be your universal opinion. I don't think it is at this point. I think uh, there's a lot of mashed potato haters out there, but mashed potatoes is by far the best Thanksgiving food uh, with butter, with gravy, with cheese, with whatever you want to put in there. Uh, that's the number one food. So that's about half my plate. Uh, other half is you'll get, you know, dark meat, Turkey, uh, you get corn, you got like a dinner roll or like a bun of some kind. Uh, and then probably some like green bean, cheesy, uh, casserole or hot dish. That's about, that's usually what it is. And there's probably some other things I'm forgetting that I'll throw on there. Maybe I'll see this year on the, on the table that I'll, uh, throw on my plate but that's that's what i'm looking at and then when i go back for seconds it is entirely mashed potatoes so big mashed potato guy then it's what you're yes. getting it's what you're getting to oh, yeah. um so for me uh we'll start with my favorite uh and it's a little bit it's a little bit um non-traditional but i think it so i've seen this on the tables of other people's thanksgiving uh but this is what kind of special to my own my dad makes wild rice with it's kind of it's like a souped up wild rice. Throw some bacon in there, little onion, and some mushrooms, and some other stuff. Uh, and it's fantastic. So that's my favorite dish, and that uh, takes up a, a large portion of my plate as well. Um, but I'm with you. I'm also a huge mashed potato guy. I think anyone that isn't a mashed potato guy is crazy because it, it's definitely a yeah. huge. It should be. It's a huge piece of every Thanksgiving, no matter what culture you're from. Um, 
it, what your you know opinion is on turkey. Like pretty much everyone's table is going to have mashed potatoes somewhere, um, and I'm going to eat a good portion of those mashed potatoes. Uh, <laughs> other, I also I, like I like I kind of stick with the starches here. I'm a big corn guy. Got to have so I I will eat both corn on the cob or uh, corn off the cob or whatever you want to call those like normal corn i guess uh but i prefer <laughs> i prefer when it's in the little the little uh pieces or whatever i don't i don't even know what the name is. i just have always called that corn that's just <laughs> normal corn i guess um it's corn yeah corn i'm big fan of that as well it's Gotta the same have... thing on the cob though. i mean it tastes yeah i know exactly. but, it, but you just call it corn or you call it corn on the cob i don't know what you know what i'm saying yeah okay. i know i know okay whatever. whatever if someone knows the answer to that please let me know um and then finally, I finish up with some stuffing and some turkey, all drenched in gravy. Uh, yep, so yep, I'm yep. I'm not a turkey hater. Um, Drew and I kind of discussed this before the episode, but uh, like I don't I don't have a problem with turkey, but it's it's not better than chicken. So I'll, I'm with you guys on that. But it's also a really nice change of pace meat. So you got to have some turkey on there. I'll probably eat, you know. 90% of the turkey that I'm going to eat all year on Thanksgiving. That I'm not a big turkey sandwich guy either. Like, this is pretty much, like, this is going to be turkey. Like, the only occasion I'll eat turkey all year. Uh, and I am a big yeah. fan of it. Yeah, I'm with you that I don't, I wouldn't choose turkey. Uh, you know, like, I'm not, when I go to the right. store to get, like, even deli meat, for example, I'm yeah. not getting turkey, you know. So, uh, that's, yeah, but I eat it because it's festive and it's part of the holiday, so I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you can't, like, it's always going to be turkey. Like, no matter how much some people want to change it. Yeah, sometimes it. we've done ham as well, like, in addition. Okay, ham I get, yeah. Um, so, and I don't know. But I still go for the turkey just because it makes me feel like part of the, I don't know, part of the holiday you're celebration. Fulfilling, you're fulfilling your Thanksgiving duty by having turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm kind of on the same page. Um, and then I think I said it already, but stuffing too. Stuffing kind of is – I think stuffing is a little bit underrated, if, especially if it's done well. Otherwise, it's, it's just like bread, you know? Like it has yeah. to be done like Do, creatively with like spices and stuff I, like uh, that. I like to – so I'm not a big stuffing person either. Like I won't go back for seconds of stuffing. Okay. But I like to dump gravy on stuffing too. Yeah. Like that t- that's good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big gravy, gravy on, guy. I mean, gravy is really good with every, every single thing. It really thing is. On. I can't, I can't, except for if you get cranberries. Now, I, I don't, I don't get cran. I don't waste uh, a spot on my plate with cranberries. No. Um, but yeah, I, I, we also were saying earlier that uh, you're not a dessert guy on Thanksgiving, and I'm, and I'm right there with you. The only kind of pie that I will eat, like at all, is, uh, is the French vanilla stuff. Uh, or not oh. French vanilla, what's it called? What's the, what's the chocolate one called? Chocolate. I'm not a dessert guy, so you're asking the wrong person. Oh my god, what's this is this is bad that I can't think of the name of it. But like the, um, anyways, I I'll, I will eat this type. I'll come up with the name in a second. <laughs> um, and uh, but I I can also do pumpkin occasionally. But so are you saying that you literally never touch pie or any sort of sweet no. whatsoever? No, I don't. And like and I, the big one at our family. Uh, gatherings usually is jello there's like a jello okay it's jello so that's the big one there's usually a pie or two but there's a bunch of jello going around and i've just never french silk part. french silk is what i was thinking of french silk pie it's the only type of pie that's that i'll waste room in my stomach with but 
I'm, I'm with you. I don't think I'm not a Jello guy either. Really, I used to, when I was a kid, okay. I was a huge Jello. Here's guy. the here's an an additional Thursday question. So okay. Okay. kind of the part two here. What time of the day do you eat the do, do you or your, does your family yeah, yeah. eat the? So we do we do two o'clock. Yeah, that's what we do. And too. that and it's been like that my entire life. So it's it's we're nice. Like, we're but, early to mid afternoon. So it's, yeah, we what happens usually is we plan on two and then and everybody. Uh, is later, some ways later, like three o'clock like or something like Thirty-three. Yeah. yeah. So basically, the end of the right in between the the Lions game and the Cowboys game. That's pretty much yeah. That's exactly where uh, where we're at too. I, I I think it's like I've I've been to other Thanksgivings where they go where they have it for dinner. It just doesn't feel it doesn't feel as normal to me. I don't, it's just like it, it's unique. Like it's a special dinner. You got to make it at a special time. Right. Yeah. That's that's the truth. Um, well, feel free to share your Thanksgiving habits or uh, plates or in, uh, thoughts or anything else uh, with us in the comments section. Uh, I'd love to read those. Uh, but let's get into the breakdown here. Uh, the meat of the our meat of the episode or our, our mashed potatoes of the episode, I suppose. Yes. Yes. Um, Vikings are heading to Seattle, um, one of the toughest places to play, and it's on Monday night. Uh, so it's a double whammy for those of you who are still a believer in Kirk Cousins' narratives. Uh, Primetime game on the road, uh, also against a winning team. It's it's a trip. It's a it's as big of a whammy as you're gonna find here for all the Kirk Cousins um, hate narratives. Um, and the thing is, though, is that so this this Seattle Seahawks team, uh, they're great on paper, right? They've got the great they've got a great record. Uh, they're in contention. Are for, you gonna say that they're bad at home? I'm not going to say that. I wasn't going to say that yet. I was just going to say overall, I don't they, think that this Seattle Seahawks team is as good no, as not. the record says they are. The, well, the roster is, certainly isn't. Uh, right. This Russell Wilson's been good enough to get them to this record. But the point That's I was going to make here was that at home they have like not. They're, they're, they're they have a winning record, I believe. What is it like three and two at home, something like that. Uh, but let's just just going through their games here. They beat Cincinnati by one week one at home, twenty one to twenty. The Cincinnati Bengals who are one eleven. Uh, two weeks later, they lost the Saints at home. Uh, that was I think Teddy's first game. Uh, and Saints are a great team, so that's not like it's right. a bad loss. But then a couple weeks later, they squeaked by the Rams by one. Mm-hmm. Rams clearly are are stumbling right now. Yep. Then they got destroyed by the Ravens at home uh, two weeks later, and again Ravens. A very quality team, probably the best in the NFL right now. Two weeks later, they had to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to overtime, and they won it by a touchdown. Right. So that, looking at that, those are their uh, that's their home slate right now. So they're three and two. They've won. So the games that they won have been by one point, by one point, and by six points in overtime. Yeah. So they haven't been so, great at home. The, the home field advantage that once was, the 12th man that once was in Seattle is not as powerful. Now on the road, different story, but that doesn't apply to the Vikings matchup. That's here. true. They have been unreal on the road, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Russell Wilson. Um, he is the fixture of this team. He's arguably the MVP of the league. I think that argument is beginning to fade a little bit, uh, but he's certainly in the conversation right there with Lamar Jackson. Um, he's been outstanding. He's been, you know, the thing is with the thing is the in the MVP argument is it's it's tough because Lamar Jackson is quite literally the focal point, not just the focal point, but like pretty much like seventy five percent of the Ravens offense because he's essentially playing two positions. So Russell doesn't really have to like if if Lamar Jackson continues to play the way he does and the Ravens continue to win, Russell doesn't have a chance just because yeah. he's playing two positions basically. But Wilson is 
just as valuable, if not more so, to Seattle than Lamar Jackson is. I think he's more valuable. Because he, I think if the if if the MVP award was based on pure value, I think Russ would be winning in a landslide. But it's not that MVP is given to the guy with the best stats plus wins combination. Yep, and Lamar has that right now. So yeah, and plays quarterback. So, but I mean, this roster, I don't think it's that great outside of Russell Wilson. Really, uh, you got a couple nice weapons on offense. You know, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf has been really nice as a rookie. Uh, I don't love their running backs. Uh, you know, I think they just they run the ball so much that they kind of get enough out of those guys uh, between Carson and Penny. Offensive line is not great. Defensively, you know, you, they added Jadavian Clowney. Uh, you got you know a guy like uh, Shaquille Griffin at corner, but uh, Bobby Wagner. I don't know if he's as effective as he used to be. And then you know you got a couple of like. Uh, big names, I guess, but that secondary has been exposed quite a bit this year too. So, uh, in terms of the actual roster, I think this team, the Seattle team, is a lot worse than it has been in the past. I just think Russell Wilson is balling out so much and coming up with so many clutch plays that they've been able to squeak to a nine and two record. Yep, uh, that's a good overview of what, kind of what their the roster looks like. There's not there's a couple studs and a couple bigger names, but as a whole, um, I don't see I don't think this Seattle team this Seattle team is probably uh it's more discipline and there's it's it's more of a collective effort i suppose um outside of russell wilson to get this team to where it's at um, i think the legion of boom era teams were considerably more yeah. talented much more dangerous uh this team is this team is russell wilson and friends basically but russell wilson is really really good and he's he's especially a terror for Vikings fans probably because they have memories of not only playing against russell wilson but also the history of Vikings defenses just, you know, falling apart against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, Russell Wilson is as good in the NFL as they come outside of Lamar Jackson at running the football. Uh, yeah. he, can manu- he can maneuver everywhere in the pocket. He can throw from different launch angles. Uh, he can roll out to his left and his right and be effective. Uh, he sees the field extremely well, which is interesting because one of the reasons why he dropped in the draft is because they thought that he wouldn't be able to see over his offensive linemen. Uh, that hasn't been a problem. In, yeah, no. No, not at all. He's been he's been outstanding throwing to just about every level of the defense. He'll attack downfield. Um, he buys time as well as everyone, period. Um, I think I think the only, the only other quarterback that might manipulate the pocket better, and this is uh, becoming – less and less apparent as of late is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so Russell Wilson is, he checks all the boxes. He's also an incredibly good person, which I have a, like makes me question him because he seems too nice and too, <laughs> and he seems too genuine. Uh, I don't think that anyone can actually be like that, but that's beside the point. He's an outstanding quarterback and he can, he can make the most out of guys that, I don't think that – so Tyler Lockett has been outstanding the last couple of years. But in another offense, I don't know. DK Metcalf can basically run like three routes. Seattle is maximizing his ability to do so, and he's been very good as a rookie this year. Uh, but he basically runs, like I said, three routes, and he can't really do anything else. So he is a guy that you can you can guard theoretically. You know, It makes sense that you, know, you could you, – yeah. you, there's not too much to expect from him. So Lockett's the real problem here, and he has games where he is completely blanketed. He had one catch last week, I think, and we saw what happened on the scoreboard. 
with Seattle when Lockett wasn't able to get involved. So Russell can't, like, he can't do everything by himself. He needs his guys to help him out. Chris Carson is as big of a liability in the backfield as any any running back, period, because he fumbles the ball way, way too much. It feels like every game he's fumbling the ball. I think he fumbled twice last week. And that's he has not... fumbled the ball seven times this year. Okay, so it's not it's it's a problem, not just like a you know a downslide. It's a real significant issue, and that has led to more touches for Rashad Penny, who might probably is the more talented all around player. I mean, he's a former first round pick. Um, he's a really solid prospect out of San Diego State. Uh, moves, I think he moves a lot better with the football. He's just not nearly as much of a, like a bowling ball as Carson is. Carson can churn up yards no problem, whereas Penny has been largely boom yeah. or bust throughout his career. Uh, but that's basically what Russell Wilson has to work with, is a, an un, a, relatively speaking, a very unreliable running back who might turn the ball over at any given second in Chris Carson, and a guy who's just maybe starting to scratch even the floor of his potential based off of what he's done the first couple of years of his career in Rashad Penny. And then you've got the two wide receivers who, like I said, Lockett has been... They have been able to blanket Lockett, and Metcalf is fairly one-dimensional at this point in his career. And then you've yeah, got Josh Gordon, you also, too. Yeah, you got uh, Josh Gordon, who I was going to – I mean, he hasn't made a huge impact yet in Seattle, right. but he would be, I would He's imagine, there. the third receiver there. Uh, also, David Moore, but I don't really know a lot about him, and I don't think he's much of an impact player. So, <clears throat> I mean, one thing I will note, though, is that Seattle seems to just have tight ends just keep popping up. Like, they keep yeah. getting hurt, and then someone else replaces them, and it's just as effective. So – uh, yeah, Nick Vanette get hurt early on. Uh, Will Disley came in and was like a really good receiver for him. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. Then I think he popped his Achilles or something. Yep. Uh, and then they get Jacob Hollister, who goes in there and scores three touchdowns in his first two games as a, you know in a full time role. Uh, so they seem to be able to you know make they they are maximizing these guys and what they can do. Clearly. I think that's I think that's largely the Russell Wilson effect. He's made he's made so many different right. tight ends look a lot better than And last are. week Hollister should have had another touchdown, but Wilson overthrew him kind of even he was wide open right. on one play. Maybe the the one bad throw Russ had in the whole season. But it there clearly something's working there. These guys in terms of you know name uh namesake, name power, there's not a lot there. Uh besides Russell Wilson. He's just he's doing the whole the whole thing by himself, it seems like. This rushing offense, it used to be pretty tough to stop, um, especially when you had beast mode in there. Right. But um, it seems like that subsided. Really, the, the the big problem on the ground is just when Rust gets loose. And then, you know, if you yep. stop Lockett, if you can keep him, he's he'll be in the slot quite a bit too. But if you can contain him and then uh, contain Metcalf, who likes to run deep a little bit, uh, this offense is, you know, that's not going to put up a ton of points on you. Yeah, this and this offensive line kind of holds it back. I, I guess it's nothing really – it's nothing too new in Seattle. They've struggled um, with their offensive line for, what, it's probably been four, yeah, five years a, now? Yeah, a while. Uh, they've got Mike Upati, who I think Vikings fans will recognize as a free agent target from, what, three years ago, I think? Uh, he used to be a very solid all-pro caliber guard. He is not quite that anymore. Uh, but he is – him alongside DJ Fluker, who is a f- you know, kind of a bust of an early-round pick. I believe he was actually a first-round pick with San Diego. Um, anyways, high-round pick. Uh, he's your right guard. He's moved inside at this point in his career. And then you've got uh, Jermaine Effetti at right tackle and Dwayne Brown, the former Houston Texan, much better as a Texan um, on your uh, – as your, your bookends there. So not, not the strongest group. Uh, there is some athleticism there. 
Um, I've seen Joey Hunt, the center, get ran over on multiple occasions just by watching clips on Twitter. Yeah. You know, um, so even kind of a, a, a kind of a basic review of this offensive line will tell you that there's not a whole lot um, helping out Russell Wilson there, which makes his ability to manipulate the pocket and move around and buy more time that much more important to this offense. If you can find a way, and I don't think anyone really can do this, if you can find a way to keep Russell Wilson in the pocket, uh, that's going to give you the best chance to win this game because these game these guys simply don't they don't hold up long enough um, in pass protection. That's just as a collective group, yeah. this is a subpar unit. Uh, this if is Russ of, wasn't mobile, this team would I, honestly this team might be a five hundred. Yeah, you know that's the truth. And the, honestly, the big part too is like. A lot of their games, I mean, they're not winning by a lot of points. It's a lot of this is simply Russell Wilson making stupid plays at the end of games to win. I mean, they won, let's see, these win by one point, win by two points, win by uh, one point, win by four, win by a touchdown, win by six, win by a touchdown, win by another touchdown. So, I mean, all but one of their wins are a one possession game, you know, and it's because Russell Wilson's making crazy plays. He has four fourth quarter comebacks this season yep so i mean you can argue you know i mean the vikings are dominating in terms of like point differential i think they're fourth in the league or something Mm -hmm. but seattle and the packers i believe are both like 12th you know and they're they have a nine and two eight and three records it's because they're winning these close games and they're not blowing away teams necessarily that they maybe should um which that's an optimistic way of looking at this. You look at that, plus you look at um, Seattle maybe not performing as well at home. You know, that's the optimistic way of looking at this. Uh, and again, I mean, it really, it's going to come down to how how much the Vikings can contain Russell Wilson. If he yeah. has another stellar performance, I'm sure this game will be close uh, in the fourth quarter. And if they let him get loose and make you know one or two big home run plays, that's where the Vikings and really every team that plays Seattle uh, ends up losing. Uh, in theory, you'd think the Vikings do have the personnel uh, to contain Russell Wilson, too. It hasn't necessarily gone that way in the past, but when you've got Everson Griffin, who uh, he's not as young as he used well, I don't to know be. If you but... remember last year when these teams played, I think it was actually like the same scenario where it was like week 13 or 14 on Monday night. And for like three and a half quarters, the Vikings just shut down Seattle. And then I think they got loose for a couple big plays late uh, based on some turnovers from the Vikings. But like. I feel like the Vikings overall have contained Russ pretty well for the most part um, dating back to that wildcard game in 2015, which again was aided by the weather. But yeah. it's like, like you said, the Vikings absolutely have the personnel to, to contain him and it's going to be, it's really just about discipline and keeping him in the pocket if you can. Yeah. Yep. The, the two defensive ends will play a large role containing that edge, not letting him get outside the pocket uh, this could be. This is another huge. This is another game that, on paper, the off the matchups that Hunter and Griffin are facing in Effetti and Brown, it uh, looks like this could be another huge pressure performance um, from really either of those defensive ends, based off of what they've done all season long. Um, and I, I would also, I'll be interested to see who is the one that spies Russell Wilson. Historically, it seems like it's always Anthony Barr. I don't know how much I agree with that. Um, but it seems like he is the one that moves kind of with the quarterback's eyes and is over the middle of the field. I think you could make a strong argument that Kendricks might be even better suited for that role. But the problem is, is that Kendricks has been so good in coverage this year that yeah. you, you can't, can't take really him take away, him away from, from that. Defending like running backs and, and tight ends. Right. He's uh, so good at 
So, so this will be that'll be kind of an important matchup to see how Anthony Barr is used um, if he's in to you know to cover running backs like he said, or if they quite literally put a guy a hat on the hat and have Anthony Barr um, watch Russell Wilson on some place. Um, so that'll be an interesting scenario. The last thing about this offense before we move on to the defensive side of the ball is you've got two receivers that are very fast, and the Vikings have two cornerbacks who have not performed well lately. I think it's you know I, I I've probably undersold Tyler Lockett because of how he played last week um, and because he's not the he's not the stereotypical type of wide receiver that you you know that you if you were to build a wide receiver on Madden it wouldn't look like Tyler Lockett but he has a knack for getting open and him and uh, him and Wilson have some sort of connection that just I don't know that what it is. That touchdown against the Rams I believe was it that Thursday night game where he like just Deep in the corner of the lost it back yeah that that's there are a few, if any, you know, rec- uh, quarterback receiver duos that are making that play. Right. So it's not worth, I, I think, yeah, you might be right in that we kind of undersold Lockett. He's a stud for sure. Um, but it's, I, I, against I, the Vikings I, secondary is a problem. Yeah. I think the point is that he has been um, contained, you know, often in the past. It's just that the Viking secondary is struggling right now yep. in major fashion. If they and come out with three wide he's receivers. Guy, yeah, he's the type of player that can get loose. Because, you know, another small, quick, fast receiver, Tyreek Hill. You know, yeah. he got loose for some big plays against the Vikings. Um, I would say Hill is a little bit faster, a little more of a big play threat. But Lockett is kind of in that same mold where he's in the slot and he can simply run right by you. So if we get if we get DK Metcalf and Trey Waynes, though, that might be the perfect matchup for Trey Waynes' talent. In in a way, I I struggle with like I could see that being a per- perfect lockdown performance. If uh, if Russ were to throw a fifty fifty ball up, like I mean, you got Metcalf who's yoked, and then you have Trey Waynes yeah. who's not yoked. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, you'd have a uh, in terms of size and physicality, you might have a difference there. But in terms of their like athleticism and their weaknesses, and... though, too, Waynes is Waynes's weakness has always been quick breaking passes. So yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Comebacks and, and Cap doesn't run those slants. very quickly. He doesn't, yeah, he does or Big run them at all. Real numbers that everybody talks about when they say his name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, that'll be an interesting overall matchup to see the Vikings defense up against this offense. Um, if you can find a way to get average Russell Wilson, I think the Vikings have a yeah. very good chance to win this. Game. Oh yeah, let's Just look at the get... Seattle defense or Seattle offense uh, uh, rankings quick. Just to, so rushing the ball, they're very average at 14th in the NFL in terms of yards per per attempt. Uh, but passing, uh, they are sixth in that same category, yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. So that's Russ. And then, of course, in crunch time, he's got the four fourth quarter comebacks. I believe that is first in the league. Yep. I would imagine that it is. So uh, overall and on offense, they are fifth in yards, seventh in points defense. They are 23rd. We'll get to the defense here because we'll, we'll transition here. But they are 23rd in yards and 21st in points allowed yeah so this defense is definitely not what it used to be there's some of the key figures from well really i think it's just the one now right bobby wagner well kj kj wright too is also from those uh legion of boom days but everything else is remade for the most part here um the defensive line is completely like i there's only i think jaron reed is the only guy that was even on this unit last year start in a starter capacity brand new stuff uh so you got puna ford who everyone loves because of his name um, he's going to be one of your pluggers up the middle. At, D, at I believe he is the nose and reads the three technique. Uh, and then you've got Jadevian Clowney uh, came over from Houston for the first round pick, or 
was it a first? Was it his first round pick? Third round pick. Third round. I don't pick. know what it was. It was honest. a third round pick. He came over from Houston for a third round pick, and there's a linebacker involved that hasn't played at all. And then you've got Ziggy Ansah, who you probably remember from the Detroit days. Um, so a lot of talent here. Jadavian Clowney being maybe the most talented player to ever come out of college, um, at least when he when he was coming out of South Carolina, uh, his prospect status was yeah, next. It, was, it was unbelievable. So he might be the most talented human being to play this sport, but he's not always gotten the most out of his ability. I don't I don't think he's had injuries, and I think he's had uh, like he gets too aggressive sometimes. Yeah, I think which has. Not tra- like a tra- it was okay in college because he was just that much more athletic than everybody. But right. in the NFL, he's gotten um, beat for it, you know, a few times. Yeah. So maybe three or four years ago, those end those ends would look a lot more dangerous. But don't get me wrong, Clowney's still a, a game wrecker if you let him loose. Could be a real problem for uh, Riley Reef if he puts up a performance like he did against Denver once again yes. against a more talented player. But the rest of this line, I mean, Ziggy Ansah is gassed, right? We, he's, <laughs> he's done? I think so. Okay. Uh, it's, I mean, now we're going to get burned for that, and he's going to have three sacks. But... Yeah. He, he used to play the Vikings pretty well when he was with Detroit, but he's had a slew of injuries. He's basically missed a lot, like the large part of two years now, I believe. Uh, he hasn't been on the field much the last couple of years, and when he has been, he has not been too effective. So Yeah. I mean, no player on the Seahawks has more than three sacks this year. Okay. Well, there you go. So, uh, uh, also, one of those players that has three is Eric Kendrick's brother, Michael. Yeah, Michael Kendrick's uh, – we got a little brother battle here. Uh, Michael Kendrick's also the one that got in trouble with insider trading. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's had, a little funny. Had that cloud looming, looming over his head for uh, some time now. Um, and then the other two are the familiar faces from the, the Seattle defenses old Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers in the NFL period. Uh, he can do literally everything. He's also the signal call of the, caller of this defense. Uh, he gets everyone in the right position. Uh, he gets the sometimes. ball as fast sometimes, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, and then KJ writes the last one. Uh, so the linebackers are it's basically Bobby Wagner's uh, group there. Uh, he makes he makes that unit run. Uh, he's by far the most important player on this defense still. Um, even with, you know, I think you kind of alluded to this. He may not be the player that he used to be, but he's still as He's still as good as any linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. And he's... He lead, He still leads in terms of, like, instincts. Like, like He's going to he, have the most tackles in this game. Yep. Yeah. Probably. That's a good he, bet. He always seems to. Um, and if he doesn't, KJ Wright will be right behind him. Yeah. So. Um, other of note, I suppose, uh, Shaquem Griffin um, is also part of the linebacker group. He's been making more of an impact lately than he had been uh, to this point. You know, he basically was irrelevant his his rookie season. He's making a little bit more of an impact now. You might see his name out there um, a couple times this game. The other, the more the more important Griffin in this defense though uh, is his brother Shaquille, the cornerback, who has really turned into. Um, he's been very good. He's a, I think he's a, I think Shaquille Griffin has become kind of a. I, I don't want to put him in the top ten conversation for cornerbacks, but he's he's getting there. He's made. I a wouldn't couple call of him a shutdown, but I think he's certainly. Uh, on that trajectory, I suppose. Yeah, he's definitely probably... gotten a lot better. Um, he's a big, big piece of that secondary. Um, we also get to see Quandary Diggs again, who we saw earlier in Detroit, uh, early this season in Detroit, and you should be familiar with. He's been um, having, he's been outstanding uh, since he got to Seattle. I believe Seattle got him for a fifth-round pick, too. Um, he's all over the place. He can line up in the slot. He might lo- line up over the top as a, as a free safety, um, also come into the box as a strong safety. He's all over the place. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Um, other than that, though, the secondary is a work in progress. It's probably the kindest way to put it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're. It's Pete Carroll, right? So they're going to be aggressive. Right. They're going to, they're, they do lead, like not lead the league, but they are. They rank highly in turnovers. You know. Right. Uh, but at the same time, they give up a bunch of yards. They're in terms of efficiency, they, get, they give up. They rank pretty poorly too. So, uh, you know, that's what you're gonna like. If Kirk makes a mistake, or if uh, Dalvin fumbles the ball, or Kirk fumbles the ball, I guess. Yeah. You know, they're gonna take advantage of that. Or, and the, you know, they're gonna, they're the type they're gonna punch the ball out uh, instead of maybe make the form tackle. You know, that type of thing. So. Right. Uh, that that's the thing to watch for here is taking care of the football. I think because I don't think they're gonna have a problem scoring points. Uh, if they continue to perform the way they have, that shouldn't be a problem. It's just going to be, uh, you know, those game-breaking turnovers that um, Seattle has capitalized on several times this year. That would be the difference, I think, for the Vikings' offense versus the Seattle defense. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of how the Vikings' offense matches up here, uh, the wide receivers on the outside, there has uh, been a report that Adam Thielen re- returned to practice. Um, it I seems... think Josh Doxson getting waived would be a good indication that Thielen's going to be good to go. There you go. Um, that's that's a good point. Uh, so the Vikings should have be fully loaded at wide receiver once again. Uh, that puts an interesting strain on this defense in particular because uh, the number two cornerback here is Trey Flowers, who, for what it's worth, I feel like every time I see the Seattle play, he, he is there making plays. He also doesn't have the biggest name in the world, and I would be pretty confident that um, either Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen would be able to get the best of him overall um, if you know if you were to follow one of them. I believe Seattle still runs um, a, a defense where it's kind of a cover two defense where they're going to have one corner on one side of the field, one corner on the other. Yeah. Um, and that's they're basically going to play that straight up throughout the game. You're not going to trail anyone. I think it's been Griffin mostly on the so from the defense perspective on the left side. Yeah. Uh, from the offense perspective, that's on the right side. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would imagine then Flowers on the other side, and then from there you'll have maybe Diggs in the slot. I mean Quandre Diggs yep. uh, for Seattle, you know, or somebody else will line up in the slot. But that's usually how their corners look. So uh, you know, and Diggs will line up outside, and he has you know this whole time since Dylan's been out, but. Um, if Thielen's back in the slot, I think that's a matchup the Vikings can take advantage of too. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Koob Stan- Fansky, is that what we're going with? Gary Kubiak sure. Kevin Stefanski? It's better than Stefiak. Steph- <laughs> is it? So, is it better? I don't know. Yeah, maybe Anyways, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do because, like I said, um, all those years with Richard Sherman, he stayed on one side of the field no matter what. Didn't matter, and you could – you could move your cor- your best wide receiver to the other side of the field yeah. just to get away from Richard Sherman. So it'll be interesting to see what Stefanski decides to do here. Now, uh, it's worth noting, I think, at this point, it's worth noting that we know how good Kirk is moving to the left, right? Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that, you know, while they kept Sherman on one side and the coaches knew that and they could game plan for it, every quarterback is better going to their strong arm side, or most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, which is how Seattle was able to benefit there. Uh, Vikings, you know, on the other hand, are kind of – um, they've done a lot of damage on the left side, right? Yeah, they've. Uh, I think I saw the stat last week. This is, I think, before this past weekend, where Kirk has seven touchdowns moving to his left on rollouts, and there's one other touchdown the entire season like that from any quarterback. So, Vikings are have found something there that no other That's team is tapping into. That's so, a really good point. That so like can change it, the entire dynamic of this game. Yeah, I mean that in a way that could render Griffin almost not meaningless, but because that's not like they completely ignore the right side of the field, but 
Right. Uh, well, theoretically, you could have B.C. Johnson. So, you know, in theory, you could have um, your two out- outside receivers are going to be Stephon Diggs on the left side, so away from Shaquille Griffin. And then on the right side, you have B.C. Johnson on the outside and Adam Thielen on the inside. So then you basically you're, you're, you can allow B.C. Johnson to take Shaquille Griffin out of the play, in theory there. Then yeah. you've got Adam Thielen versus Quandry Diggs, which is ch- kind of the matchup that I would expect in, in the slot. And you've got one-on-one on the outside with Diggs on the left side of the field where, as you've pointed out, Kirk Cousins has been very effective. So yeah. there might be a way to scheme this defense up pretty pretty well. Uh, there is some talent here. Uh, like I said, the main names here are going to remain as Bobby Wagner, the all-pro that you know and love, uh, Shaquille Griffin, who has really stepped up at corner, and then Jadevian Clowney, who um, I – you know, he, he is an outstanding talent, regardless of how you look at his stats. He's always going to be one of the most athletic, uh, strong, just crazy, talented human beings that, you know, I've ever had the, the pleasure of watching. He has not been as much of a game wrecker as Khalil Mack, but he has the potential to do that type of thing. You know, sack, force fumble, yeah. he can intercept the ball. If the ball gets in his hands, uh, he's as big of a threat from a defensive line spot to take it to the house. You could say he, he wrecked the game for the Niners, too. He did. Uh, he did. That Niners game. He was a That's really a what I'm thinking of when I'm talking about him here. Um, he's he's extremely talented, and I think that, you know, if, if this game does go sideways, uh, he will be a big piece of that uh, mm-hmm. because the Vikings offensive line, as he we He has know, forced three fumbles this year yep. in eight starts, so – yeah, and that left side of the Vikings offensive line has not been its strongest piece. Uh, with Pat Elfline, you can see a yeah, stunt where Jaden Cloudy goes inside and ha- gets one-on-one with Elfline, or if, or if he goes around the outside. Uh, Riley Reef has been kind of up and down. He's had some very strong stretches, but the most recent game we saw him play was not great. And this is not uh, not the easiest opportunity here to bounce back against Jaden Clowney. So with all that being said, Vikings won't play until Monday night, so we've got a couple of days to for you guys to mull this over, I suppose. Um, who you uh, who you got in this game? You know, it seems like the Vikings have some matchup, some key matchups. It seems like we are <clears throat> confident in the Vikings in some key matchups, but yeah. when it really comes down to who has the better quarterback, who do you trust more with the ball with the game on the line? I think that answer is still Seattle, right? It has to be, no matter yeah, how I much mean- of a Cousins guy you've become. I think the answer right now is still Russell Wilson with the game. It's just, are we making our picks right now? Because yeah, that's what I'm ramping uh, up to. Yeah. All right. Because I, I, the whole show I've been talking about, you know, I've been mentioning Seattle's home record. I've been mentioning uh, how overall the season, they've had really one game that wasn't decided by uh, at least one game that they won. That was decided by more than a touchdown. And so I think this game's going to be competitive, but Russ is just playing too well. Uh, And the Viking secondary is not, and you get Russ, um, and if it's a close game, which I think it's going to be, um, and if Russ has the ball at any point in that final quarter, um, he's going to make he's going to make the plays necessary to win. He's been doing it all year. He's been doing it against good opponents. He's been doing it against bad opponents. Um, I I'm going to go with Russ until he shows that he's not clutch. Until he shows that he will make that mistake. Now I will say that he did make a mistake against San Francisco. Um, it's just that Jimmy G also made several. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going with Seattle, but I'm not like too confident in it because I think Vikings have a huge roster advantage. It's just that Russ is that good. Yeah. And so I'm picking Seattle based on pretty much that. Okay. So I think I've I, I was with I was with, I was going to pick Seattle and I really wanted to, but I think I've talked myself into the Vikings here by going through by breaking down this roster kind of matchup by matchup. 
you know, the only decided advantage here to me is Russell Wilson over Kirk Cousins. And Cousins has been playing out of his mind. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, he's been playing as at, he's been it, playing as well as Russell has over the last month. Statistically, it's not really that much of an advantage. It's yeah. just that uh, I think Russ is, has more. On, he's carrying more on his back, and he's making more clutch plays, which you could argue with on the Vikings side that they haven't needed to make clutch plays right. because they've been ahead so much. You know, by the only time they had to, they did. Yeah. Well, uh, as of late, well, not, I suppose not, yeah, not against yeah, Chicago, not, not against Green Bay early in the season. But you, I think you yeah. understand my point, right? Um, so I'm I'm going to pick the Vikings here, and. Part of that is because I don't think this is going to be a one-point game. I think whoever wins this game is going to win by, like, 10. I don't think this is going to come down to a fourth-quarter, like, deal. I don't see it. I just don't see it that way. I I think the final score is going to be something like, you know, 28 to 20 or something along those lines. Um, And if, if, if this does come down to, you know, a tie ball game, five minutes left, Vikings have the football. I'm going to be very nervous. Okay. <laughs> same. Same. But I do think that the Vikings offense has proved in the last couple of weeks that it's very good and it has earned yeah. my it has earned my irrational optimism, I believe. So I'm going Minnesota here. Okay. I'm going to say Minnesota because wins by 10. You could 10. argue I could throw the Chiefs game at you, you yeah. know, and the whole clutch thing. Right. And that wasn't good, you know. I th- maybe I'm still living off of the Denver game. But yeah, I've been I've been sweet. pretty optimistic with this Vikings team all year. I think I've only picked them to lose twice, and I was right both. Well, I was right one of the. Uh, I was I was right w- the one time, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Vikings here. I'm not gonna look back. That's where I'm, I'm just gonna stand with that eight point win for the Vikings. Um, ultimately, it comes down to slowing down Russell Wilson. I think that with two weeks, Mike Zimmer has figured out a way to do that for enough time to give this offense. You know, a, a two or I three score it. league. I respect you coming in here expecting to pick Seattle and then throughout the show, you know, gaining the optimism to pick the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't have the guts to do that. I just feel good about these matchups, and I feel good about Chris Carson fumbling again, too. Yeah, that's, you know? a, that's a good bet. My fumble bets uh, the last couple of weeks have been pretty strong, by the way. So just, I did call Chris, uh, Kurt Cousins fumbling against uh, Denver, uh, and I did yeah. call Garrett Bowles getting a false start. I'm pretty hot with these random kind of cherry-picked uh, agenda items here lately. So you got a Carson fumble. You got uh, – what else you got for the game? Uh, here, weird prop, random. Weird props. Um, well, I don't, there's not, don't like go look up the prop bets. But no, like, no, just... I'm not. I, I'm, I think that the Carson fumble is really one that, that I'm going to hang my hat on. Um, or, okay. Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll give you one more. A DK Metcalf drop. He had two last week. Okay. And they were big drops too. So yeah, I can were. see him dropping one again this week. All right. All right, so I'm going with Minnesota. Drew is on Seattle. Those are our game predictions for Monday night. Let's hop into the rest of the week here, uh, starting off with your Thanksgiving matchups. Uh, you may have already watched this game uh, if you didn't wake up early to download the show. Chicago at Detroit. The Lions Goodness play every gracious. year. Do I have uh, to watch this game? I, I think we do have to because th- this one starts at like 11 a.m., right? Um, so this is the one that – uh, you you kind of watch where no one's talking to you yet because yeah, not everyone kinda, has arrived. Yeah. Especially if you're especially if, if you're at your like your family's place. I go over to my excuse me. I go over to my dad's place for Thanksgiving. So this one's just I put this on the TV and until no one shows up until the food's around for the most part. So yeah. Anyways, who are you uh, going with in this game? 
Well, I saw a report today that maybe Jeff Driscoll's a little banged up, so the Lions might be down to their third quarterback. I don't even know who that is. Uh, yeah. But I'm still going with Detroit because I, <laughs> the Bears are, the Bears, the Bears had the Giants at home last week, and they squeaked by them. And so they put up – they had the Giants defense at home, at home, and they put up 19. They're putting up a max of 13 at Detroit and basically I'm trusting whoever the Lions quarterback is to put up 13 but <laughs> bet the under in this game <laughs> yeah uh, I'm taking Chicago I'm taking Chicago yeah that's probably the better play but I, I, I just I think it's fun rooting against the Bears yeah <laughs> that's super fair um, alright uh, next one here Buffalo at Dallas uh, Dallas really th- things could really come unglued in Dallas if uh, they lose to the <laughs> If they lose to the Bills at home, I'm rooting for that. Now, do I think yeah, that's going to happen? Too. I'm definitely rooting for that. Everything coming unglued right before December hits. Oh, it'd be it'd be the perfect you know love story for Dallas. You've talked me into picking <laughs> the Bills here, and I've been. If you've listened to this show the whole season, you've known that I've been a Bills doubter the whole time because they yeah. haven't played anybody. Right. They have probably an easier schedule than the Patriots do, and the Patriots haven't beaten anybody either. You know, yeah. so. But at the same time, I feel like Dallas is the same way where they haven't really beaten anybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking the Bills just because I think it'd be a little bit funnier if, uh, if the Cowboys lost. Yep, I'm taking Buffalo too for that for literally that reason overall. <laughs> I mean, the Cowboys have the better roster. They're playing at home. There's no reason to pick Buffalo. That's why I'm picking Buffalo because I can. It would be it's too perfect. This would this would collapse Dallas's season, and I'm here for it. So yeah, and they. St- the NFC East winner might be eight and eight. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Might start in Buffalo. This would be a big win for the for the Bills too, by the way, and a big win for Josh Allen. Uh, next one here, uh, the other the late night Thanksgiving game, which I don't really I don't like that they do this. By the way, I don't like having New Orleans and Atlanta. I think it's Atlanta that's every year is play that end up playing on Thanksgiving. The no, it's not. It's not a state set team. It's just that they just pick a random set of opponents for the okay. Thursday. It night. always it always seems like it's Atlanta. Maybe whatever. Anyways, it's New Orleans at Atlanta. That's the matchup that you're getting on Thursday Night Football. Uh, a rematch of t- two weeks ago, uh, New Orleans lost to Atlanta. So two weeks ago, this would have been an easy pick, and I think we made the mistake. Um, are we going to make that same mistake again? Is New Orleans going to make that same mistake again? They can't, right? There's no I way. I don't uh, think so. But it's at mean, the Georgia it's, Dome, it's, though. I think it's worth noting that the Saints are, to me, noticeably less uh, dominant Yep. with Drew Brees at quarterback instead of Teddy. It's weird. Maybe that's a maybe that's just a coincidence. But yep. uh, they were running over good teams at with Teddy, and they went five and zero. And with uh, Drew Brees, they've lost to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then they barely squeaked by Carolina at home last week. And really, they shouldn't have won that game because the Carolina kicker choked several times. This is true. Anyways, I'm going with New Orleans. Um, yeah, I they am were too. my I Super don't know Bowl if I pick, that, but I'm going, with, I'm going with the Saints. All right, so we're both on New Orleans, uh, but I'm with you in everything you're saying. It's interesting. It's interesting when, especially when you start to hear Teddy Chance in New Orleans, because that has happened, by the way. Oh yeah, that's weird. It's crazy. Anyways, uh, next one, your beloved AFC South, featuring the Titans against the Colts. Yes. Who you got in this one? Give me the Titans. They're they're figuring it out. Just give the ball to Derrick Henry. He he might be a, he's a top three runner in the league. I think he's uh, he's impossible he's, to tackle for sure. He's a top three runner. I think. 
Um, he's getting there. And Tannehill, Tannehill's like, like working out there, um, which is a little surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, the Titans defense is pretty solid. I'm going with Tennessee. And I don't think, I don't think they've won in Indy since like before Peyton Manning, but yeah. since they were the Oilers, but I'm still going with the Titans. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans too. I picked against them last week. I got burned for it. Um, so give me Tennessee this time. Um, I think I'm, I'm with you in a lot of the things you're saying. Derrick Henry has gotten really, really good late in the year. The last like five weeks of the year, he yeah. just dominates. That's just what it seems like. So I think that he'll continue the trend that he started. He's stiff arms, last week. one guy, you know, every run. Like yeah. it's he basically one stiff arm. He's too run. big of a human. It's not. It, he's one of those people where you look at him and you're like, we're really the same species. It just doesn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, anyways, I'm going Tennessee. Drew's on Tennessee. Next one here. New York Jets are traveling to Cincinnati. Another opportunity for Cincinnati to get their first and only, probably their only win of the year. They're going back to Andy Dalton, which is probably important in if they're trying to win yeah. a game. Um, uh, isn't it – what did Sam Darnold say a couple weeks ago that the Jets were still in the playoff race and then yeah. they just keep winning? Like, yeah. how wouldn't that be something? They just run the table 9-7. and seven. Yeah. I mean, it's – I'm taking I mean, New York here. They're play, if they're going to play the Bengals, like, my, yeah, that's a win for the Jets. All right. So New York Jets for both of us. I'm going to have to start uh, Sam Darnold this week in fantasy because I do not like the Deshaun Watson matchup against the Patriots. So. Oh, you're thinking too much about matchups, man. You're thinking too much. You're thinking <laughs> has, too much. There's He has not. Okay, we'll get to this when, when we talk about New England and Houston. Uh, Washington at Carolina is the next one up here. Uh Couple weeks ago, I think we would have blown through this one, but Washington's winning lately, and Carolina is not. Yeah, Carolina had a good showing though against the Saints, and uh, McCaffrey might put up a thousand total yards against the Redskins. Yep, I'm going Carolina as well for the for the McCaffrey reason primarily. Also, DJ Moore, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, uh, San Francisco at Baltimore. That's a highlight reel matchup and just kind of a random game spot. Uh, I think that one's at noon actually. That uh, sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Uh, but I'm going. I'm going Baltimore because they're the best team in the NFL right now. Okay, I'm going to go with San Francisco, um, and I'm going to go with that because if anyone can figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson, it's probably that defense in San Francisco. So that's where I'm going. There. Anyways, uh, Tampa Bay at Jacksonville, uh, Southern Florida teams going up against each other. I don't know who has the smaller fan. Well, Jacksonville probably has a smaller fan base. Um, yeah. This this is an irrelevant matchup. Who you got? Uh, I'm going Tampa Bay, and uh, dare I say the Jags have not been the same team since Nick Foles. I think you're right. You're Minshew. right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Tampa Bay too. The Jacksonville defense has collapsed too since Jalen Ramsey was gone. Yeah, He's been gone. Yeah, uh, they are awful. And Jameis Winston, for what it's worth. Uh, he might. He, he, he might. He's get, not good. He's, he's not, not good, good, but he keeps you in every game. He might also throw you out of that game. Yes, but he does keep he you in every single game. So I'm going. Oh, to have it's so play. funny watching him. What is he at? Twenty twenty now for twenty yeah. touchdowns, twenty picks. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Cleveland at uh, Pittsburgh is the next one here. Rematch of whatever the hell went down with Miles Garrett. Obviously, the players that were involved in that all will not be playing in this matchup. But the bad blood is still there. Yeah, Mason Rudolph got benched. Yeah, so. he's bad. He's bad at football. We've been saying that for oh, a yeah. while. He's really bad. Uh, Browns are going to win, and hey, based on their schedule, they could really easily sneak into the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, because they have this is a big win too. So they what are they? They're, they were two and six. They got three straight, and they have, they still have to play the Bengals twice. They play the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> I mean, they got like easily nine to ten wins to happen on this guy. I think and, they play the Ravens again, but they beat them before. So 
And the the AFC wildcard picture is uh, kind of a joke right now. Pittsburgh is in it. That makes it kind of a joke. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm going Cleveland as well. Cleveland looks a lot better. And they're getting all their players involved. I had the, the luxury of playing against uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry last week. Oh, goodness. So that you went over to, you, well. You had to feel pretty good going into that matchup. I, I did, and it, it did not go well for me at all. <laughs> so Cleveland for me, Cleveland for Drew. Um, next one here, Green Bay at the Giants. Probably not a whole lot to say here. I, I assume we're both I going so, Green Bay. I so want to pick the Giants, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to pick the Packers. I This would be a... If Green Bay could lose this game for us, this would change so much about the, but the like, outlook it, it, on this, the The thing is, it's the same type of thing with Seattle. Like, their Packers, when they play inferior teams, aren't really blowing them away. Yeah. Um, they, I, I don't know. Their point differential is not as staggering as someone with a team with an 8-3 record should be. I agree. I agree. All right, next one here. we got a long list of games because there's no more bye weeks here. Uh, Philadelphia heads to Miami. Um Miami's kind of relevant. Devontae Parker going to make a lot of money next year. Probably not with the Dolphins, but he's going to make some money. Yeah. I'm going to pick Philly, but uh, that group of receivers is just so bad. <laughs> I think Alshon and, will be back, though. And that'll, that'll be all right. Yeah, that's true. But if there's any secondary, like if there's any receiving core that the Dolphins could shut down, it's probably the one that Philly is using right now. That group is just. Yep. Yep. I feel for Carson Wentz, and I don't usually feel for him very often. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Philadelphia as well, just because Miami has literally nothing on their roster. It's it's Ryan Fitzpatrick playing catch with Devontae Parker with 11 guys trying to stop him. That's basically what it is, because they're still starting Kalen Balage or Blaze or however you want to pronounce his last name at running yeah. back. They have no talent left on that. I feel so bad for that name, offense. Uh, name me two players on the Miami starting defense. Mm. We did this already. Xavier Howard, is, Xavier Howard isn't playing. Pl- he's not he's playing. playing. Um, who's the Rashad Jones? Is he still a safety? Maybe. Maybe. Think he's still a safety <laughs> I, I there? I name one right now. So. Um, I, uh, I can't think of anyone else. Is Rashad Jones is the only one I can think of? He's not even there anymore. Ken Crawley from the Saints. Recognize that Ken one. Crawley. Eric Rowe from New England, who is a great draft prospect. Raquan McMillan. That was the one that I should have known. And Taco Charlton, former first-round oh. pick reject. There's oh Vince Beagle is the biggest name from Miami right now, former Wisconsin linebacker. Yeah, he's been he's been playing well for them. Anyways, we're both picking against Miami. Uh, Rams are heading to Arizona. Uh, Arizona seems to be in every single game. The Rams have fallen apart completely. Um, that Jalen Ramsey trade is not looking good right now at all. They, the Rams don't have a first round pick till 2022. Yeah, they got a problem. And they're paying. They're paying Jared Goff thirty-six mil next year. Uh, that's a problem. So, how about, t- how about going, Sunday though? I'm going Arizona. Uh, uh, the Rams are are so bad. Yeah. And the car, the car. Yeah, like you said, the Cardinals are in every game. That offense says really the one offense issue that's kind of figured out the Niners' defense. So, yep. Um, I don't know if that translates to the Rams or not, but um, Cardinals are at home. I'm picking them. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals too. I don't want to, but I'm going to. <laughs> Uh, the Rams just—they look so bad. There's nothing good. Todd Gurley looks just like a completely different person than the guy he was two years ago. Jared Goff looks like the guy that Jeff Fisher co- coached three years ago, maybe yeah. worse than that guy. Okay, the wide receivers. Cooper Cup was awesome early in the year. He's basically been irrelevant recently. Robert it's Woods just, is like is playing it, when is he it wants as to. As simple as teams have figured out uh, Sean McVay. Is it that simple? 
I don't think so because he also made adjustments as well as anyone too in the past. There's a lot going wrong here, and I think most of it is Jared Goff, to be honest. But a b- big piece of Todd Gurley too, because you don't got have to respect pay, the run game. Got his payday and got complacent. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, but I'm going Arizona as well. Uh, we also next up here we've got the Los Angeles Chargers are heading to Denver. Uh, two teams that have been on the wrong end of pretty much every close game this year. Yeah, you're right. So who's, which team? Which who's, team is? Yeah. Who's going to throw the back-breaking gonna... interception here? <laughs> Might be <laughs> Drew Locke. Yeah, if Drew Locke's going to play. I'll take the Chargers. Um, I'm just kind of banking on the Chargers, not Chargers in yeah. this one. Yeah, I think that they'll get out to a big enough lead here where they won't have the opportunity to Chargers. But they they very often do Charger, so I don't know. I, I'm going to take the Chargers, but they might Charger this one. That's a good point by me. All right, next one here. Uh, Oakland at Kansas City. This one actually matters a lot more than we probably than thought it was thought. good. Yeah. yeah, and we but, say this every week about Oakland. They're coming off of they got their asses kicked last week by the Jets. So by the Jets, I'm Kansas picking, City, Kansas City. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't pick the Raiders after after you lose to the Jets by thirty. Yep, sorry. Uh, I'm on the exact Plus, same page. The Chiefs just like how forgotten are they though? You know, like yeah. the, Mahomes talk, got hurt and Lamar Jackson talk about took the, off. We talk about the best teams in the NFL. Like there's probably I I think there's really seven. Yeah, you know, the Chiefs aren't really put in one in there because you got like in the NFC you got five uh, between Saints, Packers, Niners. Vikings, Seahawks, and then on the AFC you got uh, Ravens, Patriots, and then you kind of just forget about the Chiefs, but they're still there. Uh, they're not as uh, dominant as last year, but they're still one of the best best offenses in the NFL, mm-hmm. and they're just they're going to be a, a problem in the playoffs, I think. Yeah. Uh, so they're not going to anyway, get home yeah. field again, which is interesting. Right. Right. But yeah, uh, I got the Chiefs. I'm going to Kansas City as well. They can't lose this game to Oakland. They've looked questionable at times this year. Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he's even regressed. They just he just hasn't been the best player ever this year. So but that's still more than enough to beat Oakland. They're still a great great team. Uh I, I'm also interested in their running back situation. At some point something's gotta change there, right? This is basically they, they, they basically don't have anything there. Damian Williams has been meh. LaShawn McCoy has been meh. Daryl Williams, uh, Darwin Thompson hasn't seen the field after some people thought that he would be an important piece. I mean, it's an interesting team, but Kansas City should easily beat Oakland. Yeah. Uh, last one here. This is your Sunday night matchup. Uh, New England heads to Houston. So you've got Bill Belichick taking on his most successful former employee in Bill O'Brien. I got Houston. Really? Yep. Uh, New England has not convinced me that they are like an unbeatable team i think they're very beatable because uh, they i mean the last two weeks is when they've kind of played their really their toughest opponents of the season you know and they didn't look impressive certainly not on offense yeah. and so i think houston will have enough offense to kind of keep up and then at home i think they get the win see i don't think that houston's gonna have enough offense to keep up so i'm going with new england here um so, just from a fantasy perspective, I've I've ridden Deshaun Watson to success and failure this year. This seems like a Deshaun Watson failure week. Uh, New England hasn't allowed in in a PPR fantasy league with a uh, you also get a three point bonus for three hundred passing yards. Has not allowed more than eleven points to a quarterback this year. Uh, and he is their okay. entire offense. Can I let's 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 uh let's uh stay on this, okay? 
uh, because I want to go look at the quarterbacks that the Patriots have played. Mind well, you that Lamar Jackson Cowboys, is, the, is, the, is the top one, and he destroyed them for what it's worth. Yeah, mind you that uh, the DAC game as well. Um, he didn't. He was, used the one with eleven like, points, I believe. It was, well, yeah, and they were. It was storming and raining and blizzarding out in that right. game. So like, okay, why why am I having such a brain fart trying to find the team? Okay, oh, that's because it's on Pro Football Reference. That's abbreviated NWE instead of NE. Yeah. What's that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Week one, Big Ben got hurt, or did he get hurt? Yeah, he did. And Mason Rudolph came in. Week two was the Dolphins. Week three was the Jets. I think that was without Darnold. Week four was the Bills, Josh Allen. Week five was the Redskins. Uh, Case Keenum or Haskins or Colt McCoy. <laughs> does, does it really matter? Uh, week six was Daniel Jones. Week seven was Darnold. Uh, that was that Monday night game where he had like eight interceptions and no touchdowns. Uh, week eight was Baker Mayfield. Week nine was the really the one good quarterback they've played this year, and they got – they got destroyed, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Uh, then you got Carson Wentz, and then you got Dak in the like horrible weather. So, right. in a you know indoor facility in Houston, there, I think I think Deshaun Watson uh, will absolutely have enough to put up. I don't know twenty to twenty four points, and I think that will be enough to beat the Patriots because Tom Brady, on the other hand, and that offense has not looked great. Okay. That's I mean all fair points. I'm still not starting Deshaun Watson this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna I start. Gonna regret it. I hope I don't. Don't say that. That's rude. I hate that so much. See, he's like he's just a matchup proof guy. Like I have him. In Is he weeks. though? Because the last couple of weeks he's not been great. He what had three fantasy. Put up twenty against the Colts. He had the bad game against the Ravens. Yeah, that's fine. But the game against the Colts was not great either. It was fine. It was fine. That's what it was. Up, it was fine. It's it's it's. QB1, like a standard QB1 game. He put up 20 points. Whatever. Or whatever. It's 18. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't great. Anyways, I'm going to New England. Drew's going Houston. And that finishes with our picks. Uh, last thing that we have to do here is our gambling lock of the week, which has not been going great lately. However, Baltimore minus three. That turned out very well for me. I'm excited about that. So I got what mine did I, right. What did I even pick last week? You were Denver plus four. And oh, Balt, that did not work out for you. So I'm back on track. You, unfortunately, are not. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, <laughs> so, so whatever I say in this, yeah, you get you're gonna have to fade it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, the Ravens are favored by six against the 49ers. I'm still trying to come up with my lock of the week. So why don't you go and give I'm, yours? I'm gonna stick with. I had a different one, but I'm gonna go with uh, the one that you mentioned earlier. I like it a lot, and I'm gonna steal it. Chicago, Detroit, under thirty-nine. Yeah, I was That's thinking about money. doing that too, but That's I wanted to look money. at the board. Like fin- the final score of that game is going to be like seventeen to twelve at the most. Yeah, if there there will not be one team that scores two touchdowns in that game, no, right? No, so I'm going. I, that's my that's my pick. Chicago, Detroit, under thirty-nine. Okay. All right. See, I I should have just went with that. Um, okay. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. This is like my fourth time this year putting the Titans in my lock of the week, I yep. think it feels like. But Titans plus three against the Colts. They're really giving them three. That's not bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's that. So I've got Chicago, Detroit under 39. Drew has Tennessee plus three against the Indianapolis Colts. And that is how we'll finish this week's episode. So 
thanks as always for listening. Uh, make sure to leave your thoughts on Thanksgiving, uh, your plate, your favorite dish uh, in the comment section below on Daily Norseman. Uh, you can do a review uh, on iTunes of our show. We'd be thankful for that. Um, you can also find us on Megaphone, Stitcher, and then our videos on YouTube if you're into that sort of thing. Um, that page is under Unbelievable. And you can find us on Twitter at Unbelievable underscore MN. So a um, little bit of a break here. We'll catch you guys next Tuesday with hopefully, hopefully recapping a big, big win for the Vikings on the road in Seattle. Thanks, guys. Oh.